Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to the Overflow Podcast. It's the second episode of this season. And it's a season that really feels like it's just me introducing y'all to my people or my circle and the community that I really, really love. Today's episode is really, really special to me um, because it is with someone who recently came into my life last year, um, quote, randomly, which we know nothing is on accident. And she's just a joy. And I'm really, really grateful um, that she was able to come on the podcast with me just to talk about the multidimensional self, um, the multidimensional aspects of mental health, and all of the ways that we can self-heal. So Ashley is a healer of self and others and lover of humanity. She believes that choosing to heal, hello, choosing is a radical act of self-love once we take the time to learn and heal ourselves and our wounds we can emerge towards collective empowerment she is a licensed social worker currently serving her community as a private practice holistic clinician ashley has experience working with diverse populations but her main focus is supporting the needs of girls women and communities of color Uh, women, W-O-M-X-N, and communities of color. She is fueled by her passion to help black and brown girls and women to achieve their dreams through whatever means necessary. At this time, that's through therapy and holistic healing. She believes that self-education in any form is the gateway to creating a full life that can lift families and future generations. Ashay, Ashley. Ashley considers herself a, quote, student of life, consistently learning from the world around her. She works with others to rediscover, redefine, and effectively utilize their power to live a fulfilling life through education, awareness, and discovery of self and accountability. Oof, that last part, that's my favorite. It's the one that makes me the most uncomfortable, but so necessary. She works with individuals to recognize their multifaceted nature and show compassion to each version of themselves. I'm so excited for you all to meet her. Ashley, welcome to the Overflow Podcast. Hi, beloved. How are you? Today is a day but I'm so grateful to be here I love it to be here we had a brief chat y'all before we started recording and it's like this is the work right (laughs) like having to show up for yourself Mm -hmm. um, in spite of whatever you may be experiencing in the moment and so um, I'm really grateful that you're here um, that you made time Um, Tell us a little bit about the work that you do. Sure. So my name is Ashley. I use they, she, beloved pronouns. I am born and raised in Buffalo, New York. Go Bills. I always got to represent my hometown. Uh, But I hail now from the capital region in New York in Albany. I am the owner and creator behind the Altruistic Ash brand, which is a multidimensional, holistic healing services platform. It, it, it just evolves. It's continuing to evolve. I know that 
the work that I currently do right now is centered around mental health and providing therapy and healing, group healing services in that realm. But that's expanding and evolving. And yes, I even, love it. even in the year that I've been in business, that has expanded and evolved. So that is who I am and what I do. Beautiful. I love that one of your pronouns is beloved. If you ever experience um, Ashley in the internet, as I call them, um, you're notice <laughs> these streets. Um, they use those, uh, they use that phrase often and it really like make, warms my heart. Like when I first actually was addressed uh, by Ashley as beloved, I was like, okay, like I feel special. I feel important. I feel like I belong um, to someone's heart. And so I just really appreciate the way that you show up. Um, of course, I'm sure for the people that you serve, in your business at Altruistic Ash, but also just the way that you show up for community. So I'm so grateful that in 2020, you came into my sphere at a time that was like, I was really, um, and I'll share this with y'all listening, um, but I've told Ashley many times in a time where I was really praying for um, a very different type of friendship and connection, mm -hmm. one that was really reciprocal and spiritual. And so I just want to publicly give gratitude for the way that you've shown up in my life. Oh, I am beloved. Yay. So what called you into the work that you do? Mm, that is a very beautiful question. I love that question because my story is ever unfolding. And I was so, 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 so blessed to be in high school when I encountered my first mental health professional. Um, I don't know about for the rest of y'all, but high school was rough. <laughs> I mean, it was rising. It was rising. It was just a rough time. Um, and, you know, going through, you know, the normal life things of puberty and the normal life things of high school, um, on top of the fact that my parents were divorced, my my biological father was in and out of my life. Um, and, you know, having, you know, trauma and having dealing with that really in isolated forms and with friends, but not really knowing how to deal with it because we were all 14 and trying to figure it out at the same time. Um, but I was, a, I believe I was a sophomore or a junior in high school when the guidance counselor linked me up with the intern from the, the local college who was studying social work. She was a black woman and she, I just remember her being so dope. Like I remember her just every Wednesday, we would meet for lunch in the library and we would just talk. And she was the first person in my life that I felt like actually listened to me and just gave me a space to just completely authentically be myself and show up however I needed to. Wow. That's major. Yeah. And in some days that looked like a 14 year old hot drama mess talking about, you know, the local scandal on who cheated on what test and how I got mad because I did the right thing, but other people did the wrong thing and did better than me. <laughs> <laughs> Being, and then talking about like real stuff and, and talking about, you know, loss and, and missing people and not feeling supported or not feeling like I had people that I could go to because I was always like that go-to person. 
Um, and I, I loved her so dearly. And I remember on our last meeting, I was like, dang, I was like, are you, are you like going to become a real therapist? Like, can I call you? Cause like, that's how important that connection was. And it was the first time that I had ever connected with someone in that intimate space that looked like me. And that was something that hit different because I had received services before from other mental health professionals for various things. And it was always fleeting. Like I would go, we would play some games for a couple of weeks. And then I'd be like, "Mm, it is what it is. But that was the first time where I actually felt like I could open up and I could be my truest self. And that was seen and accepted and received. And that was so, so, so important to me. So from that moment, I was like, I knew my purpose in this world, if I know nothing else, is to empower black and brown women and girls through education, through support, through empowerment, through whatever means necessary so that they can become their own beacons of light in their families and communities, because that's exactly what she did for me. So that is the role that is, that is my role in this world today. And that is how I got introduced into the work that I do. The other path on from introduction to, to today, we'll get into a little bit more later, but that is really, really the crux of how I got into this work. Well, I'm excited to explore more. And I love that actually inside of that answer um, was kind of like a, a little hidden tidbit when you were like, instead of always being the person that people go to. And I'm like, oh, and I hear that and I see that in myself. And I'm like, I feel like those are also a little bit of like peaks of our calling. Right. Mm. Um, And obviously, like, we don't always need to be the person everybody comes to. But when it's in an appropriate, you know, structure as you're living in your purpose and it's your it's your uh, if there's a structure, right, there's a structure Mm -hmm. behind it and you're serving um, in your purpose and in your capacity as a healer. I do consider mental health professionals to be healers for sure. So I, I love that you were already getting kind of hints of that as a 14 year old. I'm like, I'm the person people come to. And so you were being prepared to yeah. hold space. Listen, if you would have told 14 year old Ashley that she would be where 24 year old Ashley is today, she'd have been like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> she was, she was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. It, I, it's just interesting. Cause I don't think. I think you get glimpses into your calling if you're not keen and if you're not aware and if you're not listening, you can definitely talk yourself out of it, at least in Mm. in this lifetime, right? You can continue to stay distracted. Um, So I'm grateful that spirit has continued to put things like directly in my path that I can't ignore. So I have these specific life altering experiences that have continued to guide me on my journey and my path. I love that you use the phrase multidimensional when it comes to your practice. And obviously you are a person um, who is spiritual, who is guided by spirit. And I'm wondering if you feel, because one of the things that's really important to me is like, I'm considering, you know, who my therapist will be. Mm -hmm. I'm always wanting, obviously as somebody who serves as a spiritualist, that that person is kind of either aware or attuned Mm. to some type of spirituality, some type of spiritual um, 
mm, just some type of spiritual knowledge. Right. Because obviously um, something that showed up shows up for my family specifically is like dreams or clear audience. And so one of the first things that they ask you on like an intake form is like, do you hear voices? And it's like, okay, I can't actually answer this question mm-hmm. this way because I know that that's automatically going to set off some red flags. And so when I, I said all that to ask, what do you feel are like the limitations of current mental health services? Oh, that's such a good question. I love this question because We are in a very, very cool time where specifically in the the field of mental health and the field of mental health professions, which includes your social workers, includes your psychologists, includes your psychiatrists, includes your um, mental health, uh, licensed mental health counselors. Like I'm talking about all of us here, talking to each and every one of you, you know, regardless of your degree, because there is a level of separation that our systems try to give us, but it's not there because we all do the same thing. Regardless of that, what's so interesting in terms of the way of where we are right now is that we're in this time where our field is really evolving. We 40 years ago literally thought that like everything was so linear and directly connected. And if someone was thinking about this, then it meant this in their subconscious. Um, there was a lot of external interpretation. There was a lot of people saying for other people, this is what's going on for you. This is what's happening to you. um, And this is what we'll do about it. And what's really beautiful is we are reaching this almost Renaissance period where that, uh, that system of thinking is completely shifting and evolving. It's completely moving into a place where we're in, it is where we're going into client centered and being like, no, what do you think is going on? What is your interpretation of how this is impacting you? What does this mean to you? And how is that, and how is that working for you? And what do you think is the solution to that? And allowing and allowing the client the space to understand and trust themselves and know, and This is a phrase that I hear so frequently, and I believe it with every single fiber in my being. We came to this planet, to this lifetime, to our families, to this body with absolutely every single thing that we needed to heal ourselves. And we came with everything, with every bit of information, with every healing tool and technique, with every single download available to us. Like it is all there. It is just for us to unlock and to utilize. That is, that's, that is the work. If we can be bluntly honest. I love that. And it really, what you're saying reminds me of our collective shift from like the Piscean age to the age of Aquarius, where it is more individualized while considerate of the collective, but still like very personal, right? Very personal. Mm -hmm. Um, And so with that said, do you feel, even though there is a shift, even though you're grateful for um, the way that the profession is evolving are there ways in which you feel restricted at all in your uh, practice? Yeah. And that's the, the challenging part about being a licensed profession. 
in the work that we do, healers are healers, right? I'm just, I just want to put that out there. If you are a person who's in community with people and you are a conduit to, or you are a container holder, container maker, and allowing them that space to be a conduit for their own healing, you are a healer. Regardless of whatever label, title, word that you put on that, that is what you are. In the world of mental health professionals, in order for us to have that specific sticker label, there was a level of schooling, there was a level of testing, there's a level of licensure, there's a lot of, it's a lot of money going somewhere. So there's someone to say that we're qualified to do some of this stuff. What's really frustrating, I find, about being a licensed mental health professional is the structures in which we are allowed to operate insurance, hospitals, schools, licensed state facilities. They are all very, very, very specifically structured around operating and producing a certain outcome. Systems going to produce what they want to produce. And as someone who is beginning their journey as a mental health professional is entering my second, my first full year, going into my second full year of full-time postgraduate work, I, I see where the systems break down. The systems, for people of color, for non-binary, gender non-conforming, queer people, the systems were not built for us or with us in mind. Wow. They weren't. Talk about it. Talk about they, it. They weren't. Uh, we were literally the last, if, even if we were a consideration, if we could be blunt. Right. If we can be honest. Even if we were a consideration, we were the last to be considered in terms of utilization of these services. So one of the biggest limitations is that these services are not made for us. So trying to utilize and access these services is always challenging. You're always coming up against, even what you said to me was so poignant you know, and so on point, you know, if you, if you go into any intake form, there's probably going to be something talking about, you know, do you hear voices? Do you have auditory hallucinations? And you're absolutely correct. That is one of the pingers as like a red flag for most um, agencies. Not saying that you shouldn't be honest, because I think it's important that you're honest in order to get the help that you want to receive. Okay. Okay. It's important to be honest, but it's also important to be culturally competent and recognizing in in my family, in my tradition, and understanding from my perspective, me hearing voices or me having dreams about certain things is is normal. That's our norm. It may not necessarily be norm to Americanized whatever, whatever, but that's not normal for us. So that is one of the big limitations is while we're moving towards a more individualized lens, there's still a basis that is not for us. And that is what's really frustrating for me specifically engaging with a lot of these systems. I love that. Um, And I didn't realize, and you really just put it into focus, what I was even thinking you would say or anticipating um, to come up around the level of restriction, I didn't realize that the root of it would be that cultural competency. Um, I was thinking of like, it's because they don't do this, they don't do this, don't do this. And I'm like, oh, that is literally the result Mm -hmm. of the structure. It is by design and it is because we are considered, which is why it is very beautiful that we're seeing an emergence of a holistic, um, healing outside of the structures 
and it is not that there isn't great value, right, to the structures, right. to the studies, um, to the trainings, to the certifications. Like you said, all of the money that goes into um, what you said is a sticker. Like mm-hmm. there's so much value there because there's so much research and um there's no point necessarily for us to try to go into or approach healing necessarily from like zero, right? Like there's work that's been done and we have a collective, um, I guess, framework, right? Because that's research and we know, okay, these behaviors are symptoms of this, et cetera, et cetera. However, um, I, I think that there is something that comes from the freedom, right? Of being all-inclusive or having, being able to integrate the spiritual lens or the holistic lens. And so I kind of wanted to talk to you about the differences though, right? From going to a therapist Mm -hmm. and then being served by someone like me who serves as a healer, as a priestess, as an oracle, um, also a community guide. So working one-on-one and working in, in a group what are the key differences for someone who maybe is thinking of both or is wondering, do I need both? What are the differences there? Yes, that's that's a wonderful question. I'm going to listen. I used to do pageants. So I'm going to say every question was a great question or is a wonderful question. That is I appreciate the affirmation. They are all good questions. No, but that is that's a fantastic question. And it's it's very interesting. And I'm going to approach this question from two different lenses. Take your time. From one lens, really talking about the the differences between mental health professionals and other so other healers. I'm not even going to say there isn't any hierarchy. I just want to make that very, very, very clear because whatever healing you need, you will gravitate to and you will get what you, what you need from that. Um, but what's important is when you go to mental health professionals, you are going to get an unbiased, space where you are able to process, where you are able to ask questions, where you're able to deal to really deep dive into that self-exploration. If you are dealing with mental health symptoms, if you are struggling with symptoms of specific um, diagnoses like depression or anxiety or even personality disorders, um, that is where you're going to get that hands-on help with really understanding how these symptoms show up and manifest in your life and what you can do so that you can begin to turn your life so you can live it how you want to live it without necessarily being specifically just on autopilot from these things. Um, And there's a level, there are certain levels of training. There are certain levels of specific skills and specific subsets of skills um, that mental health professionals have specifically to deal with that. Okay, that's part one. Now I'm going to say a, it. a real, real, so real, real big however. A lot of the work that most people want to do can be done with a wide array and variety of healers. While mental health professionals have this specific subset of training, if you're not necessarily directly dealing with something relating to a mental health symptomology, and you know you're just struggling with life like every other human being going through a human being experience on this planet all going through it y'all we all me too like i'm here with you like we all going through 
if you are going through the the beingness of being human in this existence, then you then every other type of healing modality is open and can be available to you in that realm and regard. Coaching is phenomenal. I really love coaching because coaching is specifically where you get to a place where you have a very specific goal. Either they can a coach can help you identify a goal, they can help you work towards a specific already pre-identified goal, they can help you work to get from a general space in your life to another general space in your life. That is what coaches are for. They're there to help you specifically go from step to step on the process. One of my favorite analogies I use with my kiddos a lot is think about a stairs going from one floor to the next floor. The goal is getting to the second floor, but the objectives are all those little steps. Each step that you take going up the stairs is what is going to help you reach the second floor. That is what a coach is there to do. It's there to help you see where you're at, assess what your ground level is, assess what that next level is going to look like, what it's going to taste like, what it's going to smell like, what it's going to feel like. And then they're going to say, all right, cool. So what's one step towards that? What's two steps towards that? And how do you continue to build on that so you can get to that next space in your life? Um, That is really what coaches are there for. They do, in therapy, we have techniques called motivational interviewing. And that is a large subset of a lot of the skills that most coaches, um, accredited or not, usually that's the skill set that they utilize and that they are naturally drawn to in doing that level of work. For our other spiritual healers, I, the one beautiful thing that I have learned that was a huge misconception even for me coming out of school is that mental health professionals are not the only people who understand how to build containers to hold space for self-reflection and healing. And I think that is a huge, huge, huge misconception along the mental health professional community and NASW or National Association of Social Workers might come back to me and be like, girl, you can't say that on like a podcast. (laughs) But I I genuinely and wholeheartedly believe that to be true. Um, I do not believe that they are the only people who understand how to hold space and how to create containers. And that is really the beauty of the wide array of healers from shamans to um, you know, yoga practitioners to Reiki practitioners, to meditation guidance, like all of the different types of practitioners are these masters at crafting and molding and growing this beautiful whole container for as many people as seeing fit can come and wholly take up their full space in that container which is like so beautiful. And that is the really, really deep part about healing. And that is one of the beautiful things. And why I say, again, if you're not directly experiencing any specific mental health symptoms, go to where your heart feels most connected and most drawn, because that is where you're going to find your healing. It doesn't necessarily mean a person needs to have a license um, in order to do that. If that's not, if you're not finding a black therapist, that is working for you, but you're feeling more drawn to doing like spiritualist or like voodoo work or whatever is calling your heart, like go find somebody. And I promise you, if there's anything that this last year has taught me to build, and me and to build, is if you put it out there, the universe is going to find, like 
literally is going to drop somebody in your Instagram feed and be like, all right, cool, here, bloop. There's your friend. There's your guy. There's your person. <laughs> We're looking at each other, y'all, so she can see my face. And, you know, I'm very expressive. <laughs> so I'm cracking up. But yes, and you, it's interesting because you, of course, anticipated um, kind of a follow up, which was, well, how do you know, right? Like, if somebody isn't, um, like, how do you know somebody's ethical? How do you know that it's safe? How do you know when you're choosing to want to work with somebody? What advice would you give to someone who either has and respects and has even a great relationship with their therapist, but they're wanting to cultivate another type of relationship with a spiritualist or a healer or other types of programming, what advice um, would you give to someone? Absolutely. Um, First and foremost, if your therapist isn't accepting or willing or open to you incorporating, I'm going to call it your spiritual tag team, incorporate more folks on your spiritual tag team. Hey, (laughs) spiritual twerk team, spiritual tag team. We all So if they're if they're not open to that, run. Not I'm slam, but have that genuine conversation. <laughs> you're not playing. Why you say you're playing? No, nah, I'm not playing. No, if they're no, and I think it's really important because all of the healers on your I call I'll call it your personal board of directors. I got that term from Gloria of Crown and Glory. Shout out to Crown and Glory Pod, like a phenomenal, amazing, amazing, amazing human um but yeah like if you you're all the folks on your personal board of directors are all there to support specific roles in your life you're not gonna ask your dentist to give you therapy right like that's just not something that you would ask to do um understand and recognize if your therapist is fulfilling a very specific role for you if that's specifically processing trauma if that's specifically talking about early childhood processing, if that's specifically looking like talking about your uh, depressive symptoms and how those manifest and show up for you. Allow yourself to be intentional in those spaces and allowing yourself to have that intention that you set for that space. It's very beautiful. I um, connected a friend of mine with another healing friend of mine. And I every week when they have session, it's so cool because I get a voice note from, from them and they're like, oh, thank you so much for setting me up because like, it's so dope and we're doing such great healing. I'm so excited. And it's, it's really beautiful when you have two people that are meant to, that are supposed to be together, like linked together in that way. Um, so yes, back to the actual original question. I love tangents. It's okay. That was awesome. I feel like that was a caveat maybe for somebody who needed to know when they bring it to their therapist. I've been thinking of seeing this person. So mm-hmm. you, you answered probably an audience question because you're intuitive <laughs> like that. <laughs> so. and, also, and I also want to let people know, like, if you don't, if you're not vibing with your therapist or if you're, if you feel like you're being better served elsewhere, please feel free to break up with your therapist and just say, you know, like I, or healer, I'll just say that on my end. Like it's okay. I I think it's very important to be honest first and foremost with yourself to say like, I deserve to be healed and I deserve to go into the spaces where I'm feeling like I'm receiving that best. And that doesn't necessarily look like the same set of people, same set of services, same set of investment, in every season. 
And you need to make sure that whatever that looks like for you, as you continue to evolve, that that continues to evolve as well and not feel attached to an expectation of like legacy and relationship. Like that's. And we feel like that's really liberating because when you get really clear on these like defined roles, then you're better able to like make those adjustments when you need. Um, and also you get the full experience because mm. if you know, like, okay, I'm doing this intensive um, and very structured work around this set of things with this person. And then this is where I go to experience cultivation of this part of my life. You really, it's, it's just freeing because you can actually fully experience it versus trying to make every person or, you know, be everything. And of course that's in all relationships, but in the context of this, uh, going to a service provider, um, being really clear about what you want to experience there will really help you. Um, and I'll just say like the original question was like, how do you know if somebody's safe? I think you kind of answer this is like, how do you feel in your body? Like, what is your heart calling you for? It's like, are you attracted to it? Um, and then, you know, that's really informative for me. Do you have anything to add? Yes. No, I've had people who I've had intake calls with and I've never heard from again. And recognizing that the work that I do is not for everybody. And I also want to tell, talk to the healers for a second. Like your work is not for everybody. Your spiritual team and your spiritual community that you are being called to is not for everybody. For the love of sweet baby Jesus, you are not here to mass market your healing and your spiritual services. That is not what you have been put here to do. And so, and I also say that because I was a person, and I'm talking from my own experience, where I was hurt. I had somebody who I was seeing for like, I think like two and a half months and randomly, like I got like a breakup text and I was like, I'm feeling hurt. Like this hurt my feelings. I, I am feeling rejected right now. And that feels not good. Like, I don't like that. I don't like it at all. Um, and so I, but I had to remember, and it was interesting because spirit always shows me whatever I want, I will get. And regardless if I speak it, regardless if I think it, regardless if I feel it, I will continue to get what, what I wanted to do. And I, in that moment in time, I was saying, you know, I wanted less of that clientele and more of a different clientele. And, but I was feeling, still feeling hurt over the fact that this client was like, nah, this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't feel like this is right. Um, which is why, again, I want to talk to my healers. Like, it's okay. Exactly who you're supposed to call and manifest and be drawn to will continue to come to you. And for the folks who are seeking services, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, even if you haven't found it yet, keep looking. Your heart will know. Your spirit will have a resounding, oh my gosh, yes. You're going to leave your session and you're going to be like, wow, like I feel energized. I feel motivated. Or maybe I cry, like I've had clients who said like, yo, I've cried for a whole 30 minutes talking to you, but I still left feeling great. You know what I mean? And so recognizing for you, where does your energy lie post meeting with that service provider, regardless of the emotions or what was processed, how do you actually feel in your body? Yeah, I love that. And I love that message to service providers to be like, 
no, check your ego, like that part. detach, like it's not about you anyway. You're just a vessel. Um, and you should be considered as well, though, like take into consideration. Uh, mm, I guess, how do I best say this? That while you are a vessel, you don't you don't have to do work that you don't want to do. Kind of mm-hmm. like you said, you were like, I asked, I put out to the universe. I don't want to be doing this type of work. I want to be doing more of this. And so just allow yourself to be used, you know, mm-hmm. and um, be intentional about the work that you want to do so that more of who you are meant to serve actually shows up. And I find what you said to be so true. Like, do not try to mass market. Do not try to be generic. Mm -hmm. Show up in your authenticity, whether you're on either end, giving the services or uh, seeking services, because that is how you will be more aligned, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are showing up fully in your truth. So that was so beautiful. (laughs) Tangent and all, like... So bomb. So bomb. Um, as a person who has or even is currently, I'm not sure, receiving like services from oh, both. Yeah, I got I got my whole spiritual tag team set up. Yeah, I got yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what it looks like for you, right? Because I feel like people can be like, oh my God, this is so overwhelming. I want to be well. I want to be whole. And this is a lot of work. Damn, like how many people do I have to work? So like, tell me a little bit about like what your rhythm is when receiving these services for what you feel comfortable sharing just so we can kind of get a sneak peek at that. Yes, that is amazing. So I am a person who started off with receiving individual services. So I've always had my own one-to-one therapist or relationship with um, a one-to-one therapist who is a licensed mental health professional. Um, Usually what I use that space for is for weekly processing, you know, I call it in the moment processing. So whatever is the flavor of the day, flavor of the week, whatever is actually going on in real time, that's what I typically use that space for. Um, in terms of processing, that space is also co-used for whenever the freaking bubbles up, all the early childhood stuff, all the trauma stuff, like <laughs> whatever all that stuff comes up. That's what also kind of gets dropped. All the things. All the things in that space. So uh, shout out to all my former, th- I'm not going to say all my former therapists because it's just one, Dr. Porter, who got my whole life right for the last five years while I was in college. I like, I loved her dearly. Um and I'm not telling y'all the name of my current therapist because I don't want y'all taking up all your slots because <laughs> I need my weekly appointment. Okay. Okay. Um, I also work with, I'm beginning and I'm exploring more work with individuals who do intuitive readings. Um, I have a relationship with a local woman here, um, T, who is phenomenal and gives intuitive energy readings. Um, and whew, like she's a very powerful healer. And it, it's just even talking about her, like my spirit's like, oh, yes, we got to call her tomorrow, um, which is so beautiful. And so I specifically use that work for attunement and realignment. So when I'm feeling off, 
um, when I'm feeling out of whack, when something just doesn't feel right, that is when I seek out tea and her services. Um, and sometimes that looks different. Sometimes that looks like sound healing. Sometimes that looks like Thai yoga. Sometimes that looks like doing specific energy work. And that's specifically when I am looking for those subset of services, that's where I go to for like something's off and I need extra time. I need an extra dose on top of what I already do for myself on top of already what I'm processing with my therapist. That is that extra dose that I get to throw in there. I've also found for myself, it is really beneficial for me to be in community for a lot of different reasons, to be around like-minded people, to be held accountable because I'm human. (laughs) Having community helps the human experience not feel so bad all the time. And so I just finished um, this beautiful, 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 beautiful experience where we did a journey through our chakras with seven other phenomenal women um, locally here in the capital region. Um, Shout out to Divine Ecstasy. Y'all know who y'all is. This, it was chef's kiss. I still love y'all. And being in that space and being able, that was the first community where I was really able to show up as myself. And it was very vulnerable to me because this was also the first time that I was externally portraying and exploring my spirituality. And so I'm trying new things out. I'm trying pulling tarot cards for the first time. I'm trying, you know, astral travel for the first time. I'm trying, you know, all this other sacred work for the first time and just being able to go into community and have people be like, oh, yeah, like I tried this thing and this is what happened. And getting to ask like those random weird questions like, yo, anybody ever make out with a spirit before? Like, what what did that feel like? Like, (laughs) is that something that you've experienced? And like being able to like have like that honest, open and vulnerable community is just so, so important to me. Um, And in my, it's been really interesting. And I'm also recognizing that there is a balance between that. Um, Not, my individual work is not dependent on community. It can progress and be elevated with the momentum of collective energy with people who are doing that work. But my work is not that work, if that makes sense. It totally makes sense. That's why for the sanctuary, um, the phrasing um, that was downloaded for me to use is com- that the, the purpose of the container is for communion with yourself first. Mm-hmm. And full family. So literally it's you first Mm -hmm. and then this is how you show up. And so I love that that's the way um, that you approach it um, because I think it's a really healthy way um, to kind of show up. I guess I'll say it's responsible. It's energetically responsible to show up as having taken care and giving yourself what you need and kind of like checking yourself before you come into communal space. So no, yeah, it totally makes sense. And I really appreciate you saying that. Mm-hmm. And, and also recognizing that community isn't the only work, right? And I, I am very, I'm not going to say that with the asterisk that I'm very aware that a lot of people come into their spaces by being in a community of people where they feel open enough to explore that. Absolutely. And I think that that is also important, but to not confuse the two because your work is yours and the communal work that you do is the communal work that you do, but they are not synonymous and they're not the same. Um, Absolutely. 
Yeah. And then I have my other personal board of directors, a.k.a. all my best friends, all my baddie bitches, who will be just hanging all the way out with me. And each of the lovely, wonderful, beloved women in my life, like, just play a very, very specific role. Um, And sometimes people feel bad about saying, oh, this person is only in my life because of this thing. And it's not that per se, but I'm like, nah, if I need, if I'm, if I'm ready to like go slash some tires, like I know who to call. If I'm ready to like have like a real cry, like I know who to call. If I want to go hang out at somebody's house because I need some pet loving and I just want to like pet, pet a cat, I know who to call. And I'm pretty sure each of those three people know exactly who I'm talking about. But I think it's really important in, in this season of my life that I move with a level of intention. Um, and even if you don't know where to start with that, just see what do you go to those relationships and those people for and what do they come to you for and recognizing that as the energy exchange in which you continue to build and base your relationship off of. You think you just gave like a major key? Because mm. I think that what we, a lot of people are going to realize is <laughs> so I'm like making sure I'm like, whoa, it's it's even still like processing in my brain. Mm-hmm. If you can't identify what you get out of a relationship, that is a problem. I love it. <laughs> that is a problem, beloved. Um yeah. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. That was like a like that it's okay if someone's coming to you or or something like they need your love in for a very specific vibe or feeling because that's your vibe and you're a vibe you're a whole vibe mm-hmm. person listening you are a whole vibe and you should be able to take your whole ass vibe to a person that you're in relationship with to get their whole ass vibe right and specifically again as self-healers and people who heal ourselves and by extension, just the com- the community and the people who are around us, there, there may, may be relationships that you are connected to, or there may be connections that you have where that is the nature of the relationship, where you are there to serve, where you are there to give. But it is also equally, if not more important, that you have more, if not equal, amount of relationships where you feel like you are being poured into or you have that reciprocity where it's get, where the give and take may not necessarily look like 50-50 all the time, but there is right. a give and a take. Yes. I just and I and I, I appreciate you acknowledging that because we are all in different seasons of our life as well. Mm-hmm. So you can love somebody and be in a relationship with somebody and just know that they just don't have the capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially if they're being honest. Mm-hmm about that or they're able to communicate that to you or whatever and like respecting and honoring that um but yeah i love that Mm -hmm. thank you so much for that follow-up because that's important that's important so what ashley do you see for the future of mental health services we we get all the way in the words of one of my favorite teachers, we getting all the way hippie up in this piece. <laughs> we are definitely moving towards a space of integration. And, and in the field, we are finally acknowledging that there is more wisdom than just what is kept in your brain and recognizing that the body has wisdom 
that the spirit has wisdom, that are that there are things that you just know. And that knowledge is equally, if not more important than what you cognitively know. And that, I think, is is the real beauty behind the work that we're doing. We're definitely moving towards this space where we're centering the person, centering the client, and centering you. But we're now getting to the space where you are in the driver's seat and we completely trust you with your life. What do you want to do with that? And that question for uh, for some clients, I, I may ask that in our intake call, you know, as the driver, the all powerful being in your life, what do you want your life to look like? What do you want to manifest? What is your wildest dream? Guess what? You can have that, you know, and, and really being in that space of allowing individuals who are mental health professionals to tap into their intuitive gifts and utilizing that as a part of systems, as a part of um, healing modalities that are accepted from insurances and hospitals and and things of that nature and recognizing that that healing is just as valuable and those skill sets are just as valuable as your theories and your thoughts and your cognitive behavioral and all that jazz. What do you foresee is the future or what will you be building and creating with Altruistic Ash to contribute to the future of mental health services? Well, y'all know we multidimensional up in this piece. Um, And as spirit continues to reveal to me what I'm supposed to be here doing, that continues to evolve. So I... Last year, just because of the status of my life and what I... Let me say that because of what I called in on my birthday, I was told to sit the heck down for the last. I love it. It was it. I called it in, and I was told to sit down um, for the last six months of last year, and it's been really beautiful because even over the course of the the last four weeks, like I've been getting these really really cool downloads around where where altruistic ashes is going to be going. I did a thirty day challenge. I think right at the beginning or smack dab in the middle of the pandemic last year, I'm, I definitely feel like we're going to be doing more 30 day challenges. Maybe not. Well, we're going to do 30 day challenges, maybe not at 5 a.m. anymore because what I be getting up. So I don't know. We don't know. I, I got to get some more clarity on that one, but definitely more challenges. Um, definitely more information. I think it's really important for me for individuals to have access to the information because I don't believe that healing should be gatekeeping. And I don't believe that just because I have a degree doesn't mean that I can't share with you how you can heal yourself. Like that, that don't make no sense. That don't make no sense to me. And I don't like, I don't believe in that. And I don't believe that people should have to pay for information that they can unlock in themselves. Yes, you will. I do have a charge. You will pay me, but like the information that is supposed to be provided to the collective should be provided to the collective period. Like that's just, that's just the ethics that I move by. Um, and that I'm being called to. So definitely more information sharing, definitely some more challenges, um, possibly some small group experiences. I have to get more clarity around that. And I'm so happy and I'm so excited that I locally, if you live here in the capital region, um, Western Massachusetts nor- or Southern New Hampshire and Southern Vermont, I'm going to be offering doula services um, and bringing life earth side. Like that is something that I 
like I just get so giddy every time I talk about it and I get excited about it. Um, so definitely expanding more into holistic wellness, definitely expanding more into sexuality and sensuality practices. Um, I'm definitely in a, I'm a sexual being, I'm a sensual being and I, I can, thank you. I conflict with that because I'm a licensed mental health professional and there are licensing boards and, you know, companies that I work for and things of that nature. So I'm, but I'm kind of in a season where I'm like, nah, fuck it. I'm going to show up as my authentic being and I'm going to be provided for. So it is what it is like, <laughs> whatever. So that that's really where I see altruistic Ash moving to. And I see altruistic Ash just being a space to just give love. Like, I just want you to come on my feed or my page and feel like you in my house. And like, I just gave you a warm hug and a cup of tea and you're in my my like multicolored lit rooms smelling beautiful candles. And we just talking like, yeah, I love you. Like, what do you need? I just want you to be okay. How can we do that? What can we do about that? And making sure that people know that you're not alone. And whoever's listening to this, like you're not, like even if you feel like you are, you got me, sis. You got me, beloved. I'm here. I'm here for you. Find me on Instagram. You need a pet talk in a pocket. I got you. I will send you a voice note that you can keep for forever for those days where you're feeling sad because I... Because we're not. And I just, I've been lulled by the lies for so long. And I don't want anyone else to be in that space where they don't have to be because we all are worthy and we all deserve so much better. Thank you for our closing guidance. I was going to have a little segment where I was like giving us a little benediction, but I feel that like just that's came it. through. It was like, no. And I appreciate the channel. Like, we're not alone. Thank you for being here. Thank you for making um, not only this podcast episode, but the Overflow community, which you are a part of, feel more like home. We love you. I love you. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. I'm really cornball cheesy. So yeah, my voice went up four octaves. I know you're only listening to this, but I'm looking at my face right now. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You and your cornball self. You've been listening to the Overflow Podcast. Overflow is a nurturing space for the rediscovery of your sacred self. To learn more about our offerings and our upcoming 12-week immersion program, Rebirth, visit our website at overflow.co.